everyone, and welcome to A Nightmare on Fear Street. A monstrous podcast about all things horror. If you like what you hear today, then you can follow us on all of the usual socials or subscribe to our Patreon for bonus content and merch. You can find all of that by visiting us at allmylinks.com backslash A Nightmare on Fear Street or in our episode descriptions wherever you're listening to this podcast at. All right, everyone. Today we're covering Candyman from 2021, not the other one that we don't talk about anymore because we don't have a better one to talk about. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) And we're joined by Anthony Jerome. Welcome, Anthony. Hello, hello. Thank you so much for inviting me over to Fear Street. You know, I almost got lost on the way here, but we're here. <laughs> uh, we're so happy to have you because this is our first episode after our 70s moment. Um, <laughs> we decided to go candy, man. Ain't it funny go. how that worked out in your favor for you that to is be so, here the so first funny. episode after the 70s moment? Which is when I would make my appearance. Like, I like the 70s now, but yeah. still, I'm like. Yeah. You were like, is it over yet? Is it right, safe yeah. yet? Okay, I'll be there. Oh. Like, literally, who all going to be there before I agree to be on your podcast? <laughs> <laughs> the 70s still there? No, okay, no thanks. Nah, I'll see y'all next time. Um, right. <laughs> but um, this month, we're covering movies that came out last year because these two drunk people on Fear Street realize they've not covered movies from last year, and it is October. Now, now well, November when it drops. <laughs> <laughs> Very so, cool. yeah. Uh, but before we get into Candyman, we're going to get to know Anthony. Because this is their first time on the podcast, and we start here with everyone. So, big <laughs> question. The, the million-dollar question. What's your favorite scary movie? My favorite scary movie is Sleepaway Camp. Oh, it does <laughs> up a lot. It does. My, it does. My, my mom showed it to me when I was, like, 13. And then at the end, my like, like I didn't say this out loud, but my biggest, my reaction was, like, she has a dick, so what? I was like, that make, that makes her evil. I like was so confused. And my mom's like, oh, you're not gonna believe the ending. Just wait till we get there. And I'm like, okay, well now I'm extra confused because I don't really see a problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're like, uh, and uh, what? It's like everyone in who everyone who got it had it coming. So it's like, listen, listen. <laughs> Angela was doing the Lord's work. <laughs> she took out a she took out a pedophile. She killed a bully. Uh, you know, people who were trying to get too fresh with her. Yep. So I I don't know what she did wrong. Yep. And to this day, I still don't. Defund the police and give Angela the money. That's right. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yes, she's the true warrior of justice. Yes. I like this. I like this. So are slashers your favorite subgenre? No, they're not. My favorite subgenres are zombies. Um, yeah, I don't I don't know what it is, but like if there's a zombie anything on, I'll stop what I'm doing and I'm gonna watch it because one, I need to know how the infection started. I need to know if there's a cure. I need to know how it spreads. I need to know what they're doing. Like, are they just trying to survive or are they trying to go to a remote island and live the rest of their days eating fruits and berries? And like I need to know what's happening and what the plan is. I and also when it comes to zombies, even the bad ones are kind of good too. Like they're just ultra silly, or even the good ones are just really good. Like like Dawn of the Dead remake, how it takes place in the mall and it says something about consumerism, smart people stuff, blah blah blah. Great, <laughs> fantastic! I love that for you. I love that for you. <laughs> yes, I also love zombies. That's that's my top two: slashers and zombies. People eating monsters, eating people, and people stabbing people. It's just a massacre was both. There we go. Talk about that, Sheree. Why are you trying to start an argument, Sheree? I'm just saying. I'm just saying. We've covered some movies that you Point, might. 
Point proved that it is not always me. Sherry starting shit in here. <laughs> I like it's it so when they make sense and their themes are actual themes and not just ideas. Anyway, uh, moving on. Uh, <laughs> so Anthony, you love us, themes. What, <laughs> what are your? What's your horror origin stories? Okay, so I was thinking about this and kind of have like I don't know I think the start of it is I this could be a totally made up memory but I remember being like two years old my dad had a really cool upstairs neighbor named Larry he had a bunch of movies and for some reason I grabbed the Night of the Living Dead VHS and I just remember the stills on the background and like they wouldn't let me watch it but I remember I just remember the imagery so much and then I remember a few years later because that movie's everywhere it's on TV all the time I was like, oh, this is the movie I held when I was like still in Pampers. And so like I watched it and I was like, mm, okay, whatever. It, it's grown in importance since then, but at the time it was like, whatever. So it, I, I feel like I started off with that, but if that's not the start, then what for sure is, um, I think I was like six or seven years old when Scream came out on VHS. Mm-hmm. My, yeah, my mom and dad, they rented it and they played it. As soon as I saw Casey Becker's guts, I started sobbing. I ran to my room, and like, I don't know why my, I don't know why my brother followed me into our room where I was crying, but he was also crying, and like I was crying because, (laughs) I was crying because I didn't want to watch it. My brother was crying because he did want to watch it, and my dad was like, "What the fuck is this?" Like. So it started off with Scream, and ever since then, like, okay, after I got over the initial scare, for whatever, like, 48 hours, 72 hours we had that movie, I took it everywhere with me, wanting to show people so they I could fuck them up like I was fucked up. And, like, I was like, just please, Mom, let me take it. Let me show them this movie. So it, it, it started off with Scream. I think it might have been earlier, but Scream for sure. I like that. And now you're here watching them all the time and not crying. So there we go. Oh yeah, progress was made. I'm chasing that feeling. If one can make me cry, please, yes. There's been a couple bad ones this year that I almost cried. Um, (laughs) I was like, this got greenlit, and I'm sitting in my apartment eating ramen. Wow. What? (laughs) Right. (sighs) So, do you have any uh, projects you want to plug for the listeners? No. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, I was so, gonna fight you. I was like, no, we're fine. <laughs> so I have a I have a fresh, still wet behind the ears podcast called mm-hmm. Fuck You Hex. It's where me and my drunk self, I don't know who's talking right now, but me and my drunk self, me and my sober self, uh, we talk about the creepy content that we enjoy. That's movies, comics, whatever, even like folk tales, stuff that we heard as kids. We that's cre- stuff that I heard as kid as a kid. Um, so yeah, that's Fuck You Hex. It comes, tends to come out on Mondays, sometimes Sundays, sometimes Tuesdays, most times weekly. <laughs> <laughs> Depends on when your drunk self decides to put it out there. Yeah. Lit- like literally, it's... <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. So where can they find your podcast? Is it available everywhere? Or it's a, I know you said it was newer, so... So it is on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google. Um anchor if you use that at all um but for ne- that that's where it is for now uh, once i learn how to get it elsewhere i will do that cool if awesome. you're using anchor i can show you 
but yeah. <laughs> yeah. and uh yeah well those are the main three anyway but that's awesome so excited and uh plug any social media you want the listeners to follow you at oh, okay so twitter that's like my main my, my main thing uh my name's on there is half black my name on there is half black philip at anthony jerome m a-n-t-h-o-n-y j-e-r-o-m-m um just a fair warning a lot of people like to talk to me on Twitter like they know me. And just one thing that always gets under my skin is like, don't tell me what to do, even as a joke. Like, just please don't like, oh, you have to watch this. Now I'm not going to. Thanks. Like, thank you so much for the recommendation. You just, like, just beat yourself in the back. <laughs> I'm, in, I'm, in, I'm intentionally not going to watch this thing for 10 years. So. I'm looking for bad movies to save you some time, so you don't have to watch the rest of us. <laughs> no, but see, I trust you, so if you know, I trust you, so like, if I watch something and it's trash, I'm like, why did you do this to me? <laughs> I thought we were cool. You invited me on Fear Street. Like, what the hell? Oh, so you know what? I did have a question. Yeah. Um, so, like your podcast, it the name sounds awfully familiar to another podcast, and. <laughs> I'm just wondering you if shady you heard of it. You shady bitch. <laughs> <laughs> you try to get us in trouble. I'm going to just hit the chat with a dot, dot, dot. <laughs> yeah, so like, I was just wondering if you like ever heard of them or like. No. No. We were very no, we worried about the don't know her. Brand. Yeah. <laughs> don't know her. Yeah. No. <laughs> don't know. We just know a Freddy. That's all we know. Right? There we go. Yeah. (laughs) On that note, (laughs) let's get into Candyman. Anthony, what's one of your first thoughts to get us started here? Okay, so to get us started, I think, I don't know how you two received the movie, but I saw this movie at a time where... Or I was a little bit fatigued when it came to hearing about like gentrification and social issues because whether or not we hear about it, it's still happening. So that's what gets me so tired. Like, and we know it's happening and people have been dealing with it for 40, 50 years. So one of the things that I really like about this movie is I did receive it at a time where I was just a little bit like, yeah, gentrification, we get it. But I think in five years, 10 years, 15 years, this movie is only going to like appreciate in value. I don't think this is going to be a movie even one year from now. It's like, okay, whatever. So my very first thought is I think this movie is going to get better as it ages. Agree, disagree. What do you think? Agree. Hard agree. Because again, gentrification is like the water, like all other systematic racism. And so I'm just like, I don't want to say a movie about this. Um, But also like, I'm going to support the black woman who's directing something um, because we don't get that. Like some of my notes I'll be getting to in a second or some of these first (laughs) we've had last year. In the year 2021 <laughs> of our Lord Beyonce knows. Um, <laughs> um, and so I I was like, oh no. But I think that it's something different because like usually those stories we see are like white people trying to get a dime from us, whereas this was told by white people. And so like you're getting the conversation and they're also reclaiming the story of Candyman, which was done in the 90s, and we love Tony Todd, and that's <laughs> my thesis. But <laughs> oh, we do, yep. Mm-hmm. Tony Todd's amazing. Um, and that movie had some good intentions probably back in the day. Um, but like it's just it's not it's not told by black people, it's told to black people to get their money, um, knowing we have nothing else to do. Like that's kind of what's been going on since film started noticing black people. It's just like, oh, here's yourself, you're welcome, give us your money. And we're like, I don't want these crumbs, I want a whole movie, and they're like, no. 
we're going to tell you how we feel about racism and you're going to thank us. I'm like, I don't want this. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I totally agree too. And I think, I think part of the reason it will have legs and its longevity is that what Trey was saying that it's authentically told. Um, I, I will say, you know, as a white person, um, the, the idea of gentrification is a fairly new idea for me. Like I was an adult before I learned about it just because it's not mm. my, my lived experience, but I do know now that it, you know, it's not, it's not a new concept. It was just new to me. Um, Columbus so did it first and this was his week originally. So <laughs> 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 I use Columbus as a verb when I take shit. Like, so. no, I'm just like shook that that was yesterday. And I was like, <gasps> I yeah. forgot it was a day. I was like, my dad told me oh, the yeah. mail's not running. And I was like, wait, what? I'm Why? mad. I'm because <laughs> I was like, I'm waiting on mail. And because y'all are out here playing around, <laughs> which is colonizer. <laughs> I, I, I gotta wait another day. Right. But I also think, yeah, since it's, since the story is authentically told, I think that it will it'll it'll be it'll be one of the I think we will be talking about this movie long after we are not talking about the original movie, if that makes sense. This one also is just, this is a fucking film. Like, we see the movies in the 70s, I thought they were doing this, and they're not doing it. Um, mm-hmm. Or they, they might have done it back then, <laughs> but they weren't doing it. Like, I've seen this movie maybe four or five times now, and I'm noticing the cooler shit and different things and the way it's artistically told, which mm-hmm. I fucking love, because, like, our lead is an artist, and we're talking about reclaiming art through, like, his experience as an artist, but also this movie's being reclaimed um, from the one he <laughs> made the original trilogy that should have never been a trilogy. I'm happy to talk I paid, but... Listen... They only get worse. <laughs> and so I think that it's it's fucking around on a meta scale without being like nudge, nudge, wink, wink, bitches. And it's just, it's doing the damn things. And again, the shots are gorgeous. All the mirror work is gorgeous. The lighting, the costumes, the hair. Mm-hmm. Like, do you know how long I've waited to see black people look good on film? Do you know? <laughs> right. 25 I, years. 25 years. <laughs> I did 25 so many times and it wouldn't happen. <laughs> I yes, I also you know I love just yeah the 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 authenticity of the writing the the relationships between the characters uh, like Anthony and Brianna like they were that mm-hmm. relationship is so real and I felt that I but my favorite of course I'm gonna have to say is Brianna and her brother um, I love that there's queer representation in this film. And it's not, it doesn't feel stereotypical. It doesn't feel, it just feels real. It feels like that is her brother. And they're just talking about shit, you know? <laughs> I love that. Yeah. 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 I, another thing I, I'm going to go ahead and bring that up now is that I love that her name is Brianna. It's spelled differently, but this movie came out the year after Brianna Taylor. And mm. because I fucking love this ending where, the Brianna in the film uses Candyman Lord to clean out the Chicago PD because like mm-hmm. Chicago PD is some fucking trash. I lived there for almost four years. So I got to see some of it firsthand. Um, mm-hmm. I love that she gets to be like, not this time and like change the narrative. Even if it's just for a film for like 15 seconds. Yeah. Like, I, I also yeah. made that note that I loved her turning that this thing, this, the idea of Candyman because of this Candyman is more than just one person's experience. It's, you know, all of these black people, black men, being mistreated by the by society and specifically a lot of times the police and 
she turned that on its head and used him against the police. I just thought it was masterful storytelling to end on that note too. I think um, about that um, in every, and even in the bad sequels, every time somebody says Candyman, I am absolutely horrified for them because they have no idea what's going to happen. When she says Candyman with each one, I get more and more excited. I'm like, what are you doing? And why are you doing this? I, like so like so this is the only time in four or five movies where someone says Candyman and I'm like, Yeah, say it, say it louder, say it. Yes, call it, say his name. I'm like, say his name, say his name if no one is around you. <laughs> I I was living. I was in the theater, and it's my first movie in the theater since 2019. Because like again, I'm gonna show up for a fucking black woman who's doing a horror movie and doing Candyman on Monkey Paws mm-hmm. Dime. Oh hell yeah! <laughs> I was like, find me over to Animal Draft House, COVID. I'm going. And so <laughs> it was the best movie to come back to the theater with. And right. I I will never feel that good again in a theater. I'm pretty sure. But I'm pretty sure this was my first film back after COVID in the, in the theater. So yeah, it was a good time. Mm-hmm. Like, listen, it's been hard to look at these other movies I've been seeing in the theater because I'm just like, oh, that's what you do with that? That's cute. Um, I, I, I clean my ass for this. Okay. I can be at home pants being disappointed. Look. Why am I here? <laughs> Eat, eating, eating sandwich sandwich meat out of the fucking box. Just like. <laughs> listen, my alcohol is already paid for where I'm at. Like, I'm giving you new money. <laughs> <laughs> Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, some of my notes, I just wanted to go ahead and get some of these statistics out there because, again, this movie came out in 2021, which was last year. And yet, Nia DaCosta is the first black woman to have a film open at number one at the box office. Where do we begin with American racism? What? <laughs> <laughs> first time. Tell as old as time. <laughs> <laughs> Rest in peace, Lindell Lansbury. Um, yeah. <laughs> first off, they don't give black women opportunities. Right. Point blank. Um, secondly, people don't want to show up because you have people, you have white people who are like, the original trilogy is so good. How do you touch it? I'm like, it's not good. It's good for you, Barry. Um, unpack your privilege, Barry. Uh, and they're like, this is too woke. I'm like, because there's more than one black person, Barry. Well, and Barry's like, oh, no, that's not what I'm saying. I'm like, it is though, Barry. It is. And now it Barry is. does it on Twitter. Um, <laughs> so. There's diversity in the black people. It's not just like yeah. all black people are poor. <laughs> Right? No, like Barry's upset is not centered on Barry. Because, like, the original was like, oh, we're watching white people get terrorized by the black man. And we'll talk about how the black man became a monster, even though that's what white people do in nonsense. Barry wants that. Barry wants that. Barry is not here for black people, not fucking with white people, <laughs> for white people doing too much and getting what they get. Um, Barry don't want that nope story. Barry does not want that. Barry wants Fast and Furious 19. <laughs> and he wants to go home with that. <laughs> Truer words. Too bad, Barry. Listen, uh, <laughs> um, also, because I got more stats, because I'm that bitch. Um, <laughs> Yaya's fine ass was the first black actor to win a Fangoria Chainsaw Award for Best League Performance in 2022. Again, we are looking at systems that are just inherently racist, because Fangoria Chainsaw Awards, that's a group effort. We all get to vote. But you want to know who usually votes? And you want to know what movies what they look like? Favor? What do they look like? What do they look Barry, like? Barry, Barry again. <laughs> look, Barry, you're doing a lot, Barry. Um, <laughs> and and so, hasn't the Chainsaw but, Awards been around for like, what, 50 years? At least 25, maybe 45. I can't do math. They post about it a lot, and I should know as an aspiring <laughs> horror scholar. But I was like, since the 80s, right? That's 45 yeah. years ago? Yeah. Listen, 
Listen, and we are just now getting it to where black people are even being noticed. And so the fact that like Yaya, who is a fine ass actor and a fine ass man, and I want to know all the things, is the first um, sends me. And I just need people who are like voting for the Invisible Man repeatedly, forever and always. Look at their life choices. Look at those choices. Little side note: Have either of you seen the Watchmen series on HBO? Yes, yes, yeah, I saw it. Yeah, I saw yeah. a lot. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I was gonna say they they edited that lot out of this movie because when he was in them underwear, I didn't see a single sign of what I saw in Watchmen. Either way, that's neither here nor there. He tucked. He tucked for this one. He was like, I can't be showing it all the time. I got. You know what? He listen. did that for them, for the people, for the men on set. He, you're right. Mm-hmm. He was like, this is a Regina King movie. You know, what I'm not gonna do not show up. What? <laughs> So that was a thirst moment. It was a good time. That moment. We did not see it coming. Because like me and my roommates are watching The Watchmen. Because I was in Chicago at the time with three other people. And we were watching together. And that happened. And we were like, ah! And you were like, oh, I should have watched like... this by myself. I, I, don't know. I need to go to my bedroom real quick. It's like, let me get my glasses. I, I need to see clear. What? <laughs> I was like, 10 what? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I choose blue too. Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> um, and my last random factoid, uh, I Googled <laughs> this cast list because I like to make sure I have names in front of me. And they have a headshot of the other Vanessa Williams instead of the Vanessa Williams in this movie. And I am dead. Google. How you keep failing me on this podcast, Google? What? Vanessa, uh, I, but hey, you know, there are worse people to be confused with. <laughs> But still, you you can't mix up two black women. Oh, I mean, um, you shouldn't do it anyway. But like, yeah, that's, <laughs> like Google's like, like Kanye West up in there. They'll be like, Whoa. let's never bring Kanye oh. in anything. <laughs> that fool got a school. He he out here being an anti-Semitic. He out here still being Kanye. I just can't. Like he's, <laughs> I cannot. Yeah, I'm over it. No no opinion. Yeah, let's just no. give time there. I should have brought it up. Yeah, that's, that's funny though. Like, fuck Kanye and fuck the police. That's my energy this year. Um, <laughs> I will say IMDb has the correct Vanessa Williams. Thank you, IMDb, for being less racist than Google. <laughs> this one time. That's it. <laughs> but I, so I find it really interesting. And I'm curious how, if you all had the same experience watching this movie multiple times. It's really interesting to me that the, the lore of what the quote-unquote Candyman is in this one is so much more interesting and clearer, even though it's more complex. Like it's the idea is more complex because you're adding in more versions, more entities of the the, the Candyman. But I understood it a lot easier than I understood the original from the because I was just like, okay, so he died this horrible death, and now he's like haunting them. Oh, oh. Okay, mm-hmm. I'm just supposed to go with you. Well, this time it's like no, this compounded ra- racial trauma that continually has been put on these um, black men is causing this to happen, kind of thing. And I was like, okay, I, I don't know why, but I I just thought it was more it was it's more interesting and clear while also being more complex, which I think is just strong writing. See, I totally agree with you on there. Like, I think so so often we find cops get to brutalize black men because they fit the description. And this story to me is just a bunch of men who fit the description. And all of a sudden you have this fucking supernatural entity that comes up because so many of these men who you just 
thought were committing crimes are now finally trying to get back at you. I did have a question late, maybe that's for later, but like, did we think Anthony was responsible for some of the murders or is it all Candyman? Is it a supernatural thing? I, like, I thought it was all Candyman, but I think that Anthony was sort of instigating, like with that reporter, he was like, go ahead and say his name, go ahead and say mm-hmm. it, because he knows what's happening, but well, he's like, I'm Anthony. <laughs> and and yeah. I think I think a lot of it, not to compare this movie to this other terrible movie, but it kind of had that idea of, <laughs> I'm sorry, y'all, uh, Freddy versus Jason, where at no. the beginning of that movie, they're all like, we've got to get people to remember who Freddy is. Mm. And it seems like in, in this culture, they've kind of hushed Candyman out. And so right. they're using Anthony's character to kind of bring more power to this entity. And so he's kind of instigating it, but I do think that the supernatural Candyman is the one actually killing, but that supernatural being is also, in a way, making it look like Anthony's just the easy scapegoat because Anthony was there every time that he did it, you know, besides the the bathroom one at school, he wasn't there for that, but. Right, like those first three murders, it was the art dealer, his female companion, and then the reporter or the um, art critic critic or something. Like, I was like, did he do these things? Because he has reason to. They all badmouthed him. Listen, like, I, I definitely think that it's, I mean, the first two who were, like, tying themselves to each other with a belt buckle trying to fuck in front of his art. Like, let me, while I'm here, I'm going to What was that? Guys. I'm going to have this layover. Like straight people do. I don't know. No, I don't I'm going to have this layover. I'm going to have this layover. First off, white nonsense. You are sitting in front of <laughs> this black trauma, which you made him do. Because that's another note I'm going to get to later, telling black people that their art has to be trauma for it to be art. But like you're in front of this man's like black trauma paintings and experience, and you're like, let's fuck. And I'm like, this is what turns you on, what you've done to black people, and your answers you've done to black people. That's what gets you off, is it? Is it? Is it, Judith? Is it? Um. <laughs> but they did make their death a very um, uh, what's the word? I'm looking? Appealing? We're not appealing, but. <laughs> I felt but, good. Yeah, <laughs> I was like I was gonna say because um, because this is based off a short story by Clive Barker, I would I think I would have liked maybe if there was like more sex involved and Candyman like no I don't like that like <laughs> I don't yeah. agree with going what's going on here so I think I think maybe this was a little attempt to involve sex and murder and put them together, but also I've been drinking and. <laughs> connections that don't even need to be made happen sometimes so i do wish the sex had been sexier because that belt was confusing as fuck um, i didn't get it like is that to keep is it some like bds but that's not be i don't yeah uh, straight and, people that's all also she tied it tied it her left hip yeah she tied her left hip to his right hip so like she wasn't gonna turn around obviously but then she did turn around like so now the belt's just gonna uh, what is happening <laughs> i i I, I think she told him, uh, when I dip, you dip, we dip. So, <laughs> <laughs> because she put his hand up on her hip. So, I think. <laughs> I will say, their deaths, though, that special effects were on point. Like, especially when the dude is trying to get out the door and Candyman's like, nope, give me those Achilles heels. And, like, and, but you can see the hole in his, like, mm-hmm. ankle. I was like, oh my gosh. That did hurt my leg as well. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It was good. Good times. I wonder how he did it. I loved his death being so bloody because he was the one that was like, Anthony, where's Anthony I want? Where's Anthony I know? And as a, a as a writer, like this is something that I had to like get over coming from school because like it's always like your play doesn't say anything. 
because they want black trauma. And when you're trying to like help them plan a season on the other side, they're just like, mm, we need these black trauma plays. Like you want whiteness centered and you want racism and you're already abusing the kids. So like, let not, let's ha- let them have a free free moment on stage. How about we do that? And they're like, what? No, we're not racist. We just need to do these racist plays. And I'm like, for host. <laughs> for host. <laughs> yeah. And so I'm happy I... he got it. <laughs> there, the only death that wasn't super bloody was the art critic. Because you just but saw it was her artistic. kind of... It was artistic, but it wasn't super bloody. But that one in the bathroom with all the little bitchy girls, which I was like, glad <laughs> they died. But it was like buckets. It was like Johnny Depp from Nightmare on Elm Street. It was Confirmed like, here. Trent bathroom. hates the youths. He does. He does. He's like, fuck them kids. Um, fuck them. I, I do love that, like, we get that line. Who would do that when it comes to, like, saying his name too many times? And it cuts straight to the white girl who put up the pamphlet. Yes. Yes. I, oh, my gosh. Because it's like that, that she's the one. She's she's Listen, one of those ones. Right? Like he's the easiest, he is literally the easiest person to avoid in a horror movie if you keep his name at your mouth. And what are white people doing? <laughs> Not we're, like like we're talking about it, and I feel like I've said his name too many times. No. So <laughs> I just I know right now, girl, that scary is gonna text me to be like, that's too many times. I need a different edit. That's too many times. But listen, um, I'm not. I'm not going to go this rest of the recording see, saying seaman. Listen, no, like I usually say for the sugar man. Um, oh, okay, I'm good with Captain Hook, but also like if we respect that it's from the Megan Thee Stallion, not the world of Peter Pan. What? <laughs> <laughs> I know that's right. <laughs> Another thing I really liked, I thought was effective in this, was the opening credits. With like yes. seeing the skyline upside down was like at first it's like oh this is really interesting. And as it keeps going, I was like, oh, I don't feel, this doesn't feel, I kind of feel sick to my stomach. And I just wanted to say opening credits and making them effective is a dying art. Those, the logos leading into the opening credits, because they were backwards. And again, this is my mm-hmm. first time in a theater. And like, it was two years at the time, over two years. Mm-hmm. And so I was worried the projection is fucked up. I was like, oh no, baby. But also, I'm not going to until I see this fucking movie. And so when things <laughs> fix themselves, I'm like, oh, she an artist that needed to cost us. She's a fucking artist. <laughs> right right there with you the first time i saw it was vod so i was like did i rent the wrong thing or like are they fucking with me and like i literally i paused it before i let it continue on so like my stupid ass was in my seat like what the, what the fuck is happening here and i was like why don't you like find out <laughs> yeah. i was like is daily motion what is this <laughs> I was like, fuck? literally tv on pause me and my couch all puzzled like <laughs> <laughs> it, it felt very much like um, the first time you see a theater, a piece of theater, and they go out into the audience and shit, and they like make it an experience, <laughs> as opposed to being like, "This is our stage, Oklahoma." Um, and I was like, "I'm into this shit. Yes, get us. I'm in this mirror. What we doing, Anthony? Let's go." <laughs> see, when they do that shit, I'm like, "Wait, I, I'm a part of the show too. I'm in it." Because <laughs> like when, when we see the backwards like Monkey Paw logo, I'm like, "Oh, so you're watching me." And I'm the production. Okay. okay. <laughs> I'm like, I'm happy I put on a bra today. Right. <laughs> <Hi, Jordan Peele. laughs> well, it also brings up, you know, that old saying that media and entertainment, theater, movies, whatever, is supposed to show a mirror to society. So it has to look at itself. So, yeah. There's so much meaning and symbolism in almost every frame of this movie. And again, that's that's what happens when you don't interrupt black women at work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's just the thesis. Absolutely. <laughs> so the first time Brianna calls Candyman, I'm just gonna keep saying it because if I if I die, 
Y'all saw it here first. I die, you download the video version of this and you send that to somewhere, I'm gonna be famous. Um, I'm saying Jordan Peele, they'll be like, you owe me a co-host. Are you looking at sponsor podcast? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, me and my agent's like, I don't do podcasts no more. That was my last <laughs> guest spot. <laughs> when she calls him and you think everything is fine because nothing really happens. But if you look in the reflection on the glass on the window, you see him standing behind them. And I was like, because oh, that is always good. Shrey knows, like, even in movies that are questionable, if you have a gag where someone is standing behind someone and they don't know it, that is terrifying. The strangers, <laughs> terrifying. Because they don't know he's there. Ugh. So I scary. love that. I love that. Um, sometimes I sometimes I wish that like we had this podcast and I had more roommates so people could walk around behind me and fucking you up. I do, um, but we didn't because Kamisha was still fresh and I was still sad, so I did not think of a podcast till then. <laughs> like, one of the lines that I fucking live for is the line "They love what we make, but not us." I don't even know how to not <laughs> just let that hang out there in the future. Yeah, absolutely. Like it. It's always, you You always see that like black creations or black art or even like black expression, all of that is way more loved way before black people. Mm -hmm. And so to me, this was, to me, I was like, yeah, oh, <laughs> you're not telling me anything I haven't heard before. Right? No, because it's, it's insidious because like, yeah, we have the movies where they're just like black voices every February on these streamers. And they're like, here's a bunch of shit by white people you don't want to see. I don't want to see the help. I don't see Green Book. Here's <laughs> Here's horror noir. Go ahead and watch that again on Shutter. Right, right. And so they're just like mm, the black things, and I was like, those aren't black things. Those are white things with black people who needed a job in front of them. Sometimes not even that, because like Amazon must put up the boys and put up A Train. I'm like, A Train is not even a C list character. You treat him like he's an unwanted extra who <laughs> got lines sometimes, and you pay like black voices and put him on the box. That's not. Mm -mm. Um, yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, but it also comes down to stuff like hair and style because you have like these people who walk around who are not who are not black and they're getting like braids and they're getting locks and shit and they can go wherever they want and it's cute and it's edgy but when like people do that in school who are black it's like dirty you can't do that we're just not getting the crown act passed in the year 2022 of our lord beyonce knows um, <laughs> um and that's in some places and pockets not everywhere people are denied jobs people are denied homes people are like denied education and then like kinsey is like but it's cute why can't i have it because it's appropriation mm -hmm. bitch are you gonna march? Hair. What? <laughs> right? Are you gonna march? You gonna donate? You gonna say something? Or are you gonna just be like, I'm cute. I had to block a bitch. Um, because like I went to undergrad with her and she put out one of those. <laughs> I wanna get locked, but I hear it might not be okay because I'm white. And I was like, personally, I don't give no shits, but here's why it's a thing. And I gave like articles and I was like, girls are getting sound from school, like people are getting like fucking jobs and shit. And so like other people who are doing that because that's a protective style for our hair are rightfully upset. And she was like, but I want it. And I was like, block, bitch. You and your kid. <laughs> <laughs> and your kid. Listen, your, whole, your whole line. Your whole line. Right? Fuck your whole lineage. Here. The North will remember. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's the whole idea of, you know, quote, unquote, professional. Like, what is professional? What looks professional? Which generally ends up being all these, you know, racist, sexist, uh, classist, ableist, homophobic like it all and like everything just kind of rolls up into that to be like well it's not professional to have da, 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 da. and it's like mm -hmm. what is professional i thought professional was doing <laughs> my fucking job 
Like, it's, it's like, everything. It's, how many soul food places have we seen that are run by white people who don't know how to use seasoning? Too many. You could just pay black people to have a restaurant and like <laughs> support them instead mm. of doing this bland chicken and being like, mm. <laughs> nobody wants your bland chicken. Nobody. Oh, wants you know, it. let me tell you. Let me tell you about this place that's in here in town in the city. So it is a black restaurant owned by white people, but do you know what they fucking do? They over season everything to fucking death. And I was like, you know what? Smart move. I, 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 I see it. Like you're different than your counterparts, but fuck you because I'm not going to eat this chicken, chicken salt, like, <laughs> like salt chicken. No, like, would you like the salty chicken or the peppery chicken? I was like, just like, I, like I said, like smart move, but you're not getting my money again. No, and, and I hate to see it, but it happens all the time everywhere. Like I, good madam. It, have you seen Good madam? Is that a shutter movie? Yeah, I read a review about it. I was mad. Oh, I started. That's one that's South Africa, right? No, I started yeah. it. And I was like, no, I don't need to. I think it started off with her cleaning a toilet. Yep. Ten I was minutes, like, oh. Yeah. At 10 minutes, I was Googling the writer-director because I knew it was a white person. Um, Turns out she is a white woman from South Africa who's talking about apartheid. And I'm like, no, no. <laughs> um, and so when, this like, movie, yeah, the whole fucking movie, I'm just like, this is white nonsense. Masquerade mm-hmm. is a black movie. I saw a black woman cleaning a to- I saw a black woman cleaning a toilet and I was like, oh, that's for you. You're trying to get your rocks off. Like right. you're this isn't for me as a viewer of horror. This is like you're trying to without trying to put me in my place, you're trying to put me in my place. And I don't appreciate that. Exactly. And she fucking failed the lead because like the lead just seems like she's like popping off. And I'm like, no, there's other stuff here. There's other stuff here. You're not getting it because you're white. Um, I know she's having a reaction to this man because something happened. I know that she's saying this to her mother because something's happened. But like your general white audiences are just like, she's a hothead because you're making black mm-hmm. movies for other white people. Just leave us out. Just we get ignored all the time. If this is what you're gonna do, just go ahead and ignore us again. So I can go ahead and give you <laughs> that. I can go ahead and document over us. Honestly, as to be like, how racist are you? Show me on the scale. Like, <laughs> I'd rather I'd rather you pretend I don't exist than put me in these positions where I'm cleaning your fucking shit box. Like, Listen. Yeah, so <laughs> and it, it, you know, the bullshit. The, the biggest bullshit part of it is that white people feel like they have to justify creating a black, like a black character can just be black. Like it doesn't have to be, a, the character doesn't have to the... be about them being black. Like, you mm-hmm. know, and I feel like white people feel like they have to justify that. And I'm like, you know, you can just say they're <laughs> black or you can just say nothing and have them be cast as whatever they want to be mm-hmm. cast as. Like it doesn't, you know, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Because what happens is they just show that they don't know anything because they're not they're not understanding that they are in fact fighting the plots like colorism and yeah. stereotypes that have been around since the beginning of time. Well, mm-hmm. and they're writing experiences that aren't theirs. Like one thing, you know, I've just now started kind of getting back into writing a little bit, and I, you know, I gratefully stay in my lane, you know, and I will include black people in them, but I'm not telling a black story because I don't know how to tell that. That's not my story to tell, you know. Exactly, exactly. Especially because, like, it just shows how many white creators out there see black people as less than. Um, because we're only there for the trauma, we're only there for the servants, we're only there for the smallest role possible. And this keeps happening in movie after movie after movie. And, like, it's not even black people. I'm talking about black people specifically because we're talking about Hook, Captain Hook, that's what we're calling him now. <laughs> but, like, it's everywhere. I saw, I was at a festival virtually last week and I was watching this short 
And it was a fine short. I was like, oh, it's going to be another all-white short. These keep happening, whatever. And then, like, we get two random Asian people, but they are, like, executed the second step onto the screen by the serial killers in the short. And I'm just like, I literally, it was blinking, you miss it. So I was like, I think that was an Asian, I think that was another Asian person. And after credit, I was able to confirm what I think I saw. And I was like, I would have rather you just not. That's not, that doesn't, that doesn't make you look yeah. good. If you're like, I included them, but we got rid of them and they didn't have any lines. <laughs> yeah, that sounds more like a checklist. Like, do I have a non-white person? Check. Do I have a woman? Check. Do I have, <laughs> instead of like genuine good yeah. characters that happen to be, because like, I would love to live in a world where like, it doesn't matter who dies first, but like, that's not the world we live in, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know? Nope. And it's just, I, I just want to find a lot of filmmakers constantly. And that's why my tweets are always a time. Um, <laughs> always a fucking time. Because <laughs> I keep seeing this shit and nobody wants to do anything about it. Because they're like, why? We get to say it takes time and not do anything. But if Candyman comes out, it's too woke because there's too many black people. We, we need more time to have any black people in a movie. We need more time. What? <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. I, I'm curious. So we've been talking about kind of the original versus this new remake. And I'm curious... You're because I kind of liked it, but also I'm a white person, so I'm curious to hear what your thoughts are when they how they infused the plot of the original into the plot of this film. I don't think they necessarily had like I don't think that was a a, necess, a, a, a needed thing that they had to do, but I did think that when they did it, they did it in a smart way that made it kind of gave the the story they were telling just another layer. Of the past. I loved it. Yeah. I love that personally. Um, I one of the one of my notes is like I loved how it tied into the original because it did and it didn't, right? Mm-hmm. Well, in my opinion, um, the fact that this Anthony that we see here is the baby from the first movie. I love that shit. I, I love didn't that, see that so coming. much. Did you see it? Yep. Oh, oh. Thank you so much. <laughs> no, see, and the thing is, um, I had hoped, I had hoped because when I heard so when I I try to stay away from like trailers and things like that. And so what, what happened initially when this movie was first coming out before it was delayed, however many times, right? Because it was delayed. Um, nobody could confirm whether or not it was a reboot or a sequel or a remake. And so I was like, Ooh, you know what? Just give me some baby Anthony and I'm good. However, however you want to serve it, I'll take it. So the fact that this person was the baby, I absolutely love it because what what is going to happen to the baby that Candyman kidnapped? It's going to end up all fucked. So mm. <laughs> it's not going to end up right. So I just like personally, I just really appreciated that. And yeah, well, no. and I think Screen <laughs> Five gave us, the, gave us the terminology. This is a requel. <laughs> like I I love I love how they used bits and pieces of it because like everything else in America, like that history is there no matter what. And so, like, it's not a great history. It's not a good time. <laughs> um, there's some issues with it, but still, like, it's the history. And so, it's kind of like when somebody pays and somebody nods back to like somebody in the past who did what they could for the time, because like a lot of unfortunately, a lot of black heroes did not get to like do all they could and would and should because of racism. And so they did what they could mm-hmm. under those circumstances. And we have to remember that when we're looking at the work, being like, what the fuck is this for? We have to be like, this is all that he could do. <laughs> this is literally all that he could do. So you have to read between the lines and you have to look at the context, look how he lived his life. You can't just be like, mm, miss me. And mm-hmm. so it's it feels a lot like that. It feels a lot like me sitting in a class and hearing them talk about raising the sun for the 90th time, knowing Lorraine Hansberry <laughs> has other plays that are better. 
but this is the one that centers white people to talk about the white people and like gentrification. And so there's like, this is hot topic. And I'm like, no, what a, what's the use of flowers is a better, it, I know it was like one of her last stories. It's a better one. And like, it doesn't need to center whiteness. You can have that man be a black man, but like, here we are talking about raising the sun again. Go off. <laughs> oh, please don't pull out the, I have a dream speech because. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, like, please, no, I swear, I get it, I get it, I get it. <laughs> you have many dreams, and I'm proud of you for having them. Listen. Let's make those dreams reality. How about that? <laughs> I also have a dream that you'd be better at your job, but like, <laughs> here we are. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I liked it too. I mean, it was kind of spoiled for me a little bit because I did hear that a lot of those original actors were coming back. I did find it interesting that they were even able to use a voice of an audio recording of um, Virginia Madsen. Virginia, yeah, Virginia Madsen, who love her, but even though that movie is is you know has issues, but I still love Virginia Madsen. Did she pass away or something? No, I don't think so. No, oh, she's alive. Just the, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, is, yeah. What I love because like the first one centered her so much because again we don't know how to tell black stories when we don't have black people telling the stories and we won't let black people tell the stories. That's my song. Um, it centered her so much that I was happy that we only got her voice this time. So okay. it was like the complete opposite. It was like yes. let's remove her from the limelight and put her in the back so the white people can be like, I remember that voice. It's still about me, and she can go away. Give her the real I also I love Shadow Puppets and I love the way they told this the story through Shadow Absolutely. Puppetry. I think that yeah. was a really fun, cool storytelling. This movie is an experience. Like literally, there's so much different kinds of art and so many different kinds of mediums working in play to tell the same story. And I I live, I fucking live. Um, uh, because I love an experience. I'm tired of being like, this is an ABC movie, okay. I want something that's gonna be like, hi, bitch. You was an art bitch. I know you. And like, yeah, I was. Thank you. <laughs> See, you know, that's one that's one of the things I also love about this movie is like when these people actually talk about art, I'm like, I know some of those words. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I took art history. I get me. Like, like I saw a painting before. Like right? I made out with a puppeteer once. I, I know what's going down. What? So it's very, it's very. I know cool the difference between like oils and acrylics. Yeah. Right, exactly. <laughs> canvas, yes, I know her. Watch <laughs> so, that canvas, y'all, y'all stretch it. What? So, <laughs> so I really like uh, like the people who are like about like it seems as if also artists are telling a tale and it's black artists telling a story about black art and where black art comes from. It's like you do, you do, okay, you do that. Or like uh, <laughs> I live, I live. It just makes me happy. Like I, this movie makes me so fucking happy. It's like the last five minutes. I'm like, oh yeah, the cops are gonna show up. And, and even then, like she's like, let me collect these bitches real quick. I'm like, yeah, yeah, get it, get it, get it. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I also like that they included mental health with the art because there's so much in the art world that deals with that. A lot of artists deal with mental health issues with their with Anthony's father, Anthony and uh, or no Brianna's father. Brianna's father, Brianna's father, Brianna's father. Who, yeah, who, who committed suicide. I thought that was a really another layer. There's just so many layers to this movie that you could we could talk about each of them for 40 minutes <laughs> piece, probably. <laughs> I the first time I saw what happened with Brianna's father, I was like, that's weird. Um, but I was like, maybe it's trying to show that like that's why she has a thing for artists who are struggling black men. But like as I kept rewatching it, I was like, it's because again, like it's going back to the thesis of this world is not kind to of black men. This man needed help. <laughs> um, 
who knows what kind of racism he was dealing with specifically because it's always different on every block. <laughs> and so like, he did not get the help he needed and systemic racism, that's the sentence. I love that. I love that. Yeah. And so it's just like, it's hard. It's hard to survive as a black man. It just is. And he took that way out. And unfortunately his child was there to see that. Yeah. I do I do love how they kind of showed the reopening of the wound as she came across the art dealer Clive and his female companion, how like that same wound was being reopened. And I was like, I love everything that you're doing here. This is I understand exactly what you're telling me. So I think anyway. But I was like, okay, so she's seeing these people, she's coming across these bodies, she's being reminded of being a witness to her father's suicide, who was also an artist, mm-hmm. who probably got her on the track that she's on right now. love that love that i also i also clocked that the other art dealer that was trying to hire her wanted her to like monetize her trauma because she was like well you know with your father's history like that'll that's gonna make you a hot commodity and i'm just like not all skin folk Mm -hmm, (laughs) mm -hmm. skin folk um uh shall we talk about this beasting because y'all that his this man's arm hand wrist whatever beasting okay i was like Beasting? Beasting. Who was beasting? (laughs) So let's talk about this bee sting. (laughs) Because the special effects on this man's whole arm at one point is disgusting. I I am curious, was there any other significance of the bee outside of Tony Todd's character's death? Is that just, since he's the first, is that like just comes back with every instance of of Candyman, or is there something I'm missing? The guy in the wall was also about the candy, and so I like I I don't know how many of them have like ties to sugar and candy and honey, but like it's it wasn't just that for Tony Todd this time around. Oh well, yeah, I knew that. Okay, I, and I didn't make the leap from candy to honey to I did. Okay, that makes sense though. Sweet the kind of sweet <laughs> stuff. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. I'm, I'm you know that. what? I don't know. <laughs> I, I, that's something I, it's a very good point. It's something I, I never even thought to think about. No, but again, like it's an urban legend. And so right. I'm fine with it. <laughs> oh, it didn't bring me out. I was just, I kept thinking, like, I wonder why. Yeah. But anyway. No, I did love that the guy had candy though, because I was like, okay, mm-hmm. I see what y'all doing. He's about to be one of these hook men. Oh, I did wonder about the scar itself from the bee. Um, you know, we see towards the end of the movie, it covers like half his face from that point that he got bitten on his, mm-hmm. on his hand. But like, how do you, I just need, I need to know, how did he let it get even a fraction as bad without going to the hospital? Listen, man. He was pe- he was yeah. peeling it, and <laughs> yeah, is it is it th- like? Listen, I I understand the men not going to the hospital thing, but like when something looks ugly enough, I thought you'd be motivated. I I just assumed yeah. you'd be motivated to go. He was I, like, I can still get it with my good side. I'm not going nowhere. <laughs> I also took that as like him spiraling into like insanity almost, or like being maybe not insanity but like being overwhelmed by the entity of the candy man and like the the trauma and the and the um generational trauma that's compounded over years kind of like overcoming him to the point that this wasn't even like on his mind like that wasn't even a thing he was concerned about <laughs> towards I, I, the end I could 
also see it just sort of being like the things that he didn't know about himself are coming to the surface. And on some level, he knows that. And so it just feels like an extension of himself. And that's why he's not as bothered as he should be. Mm, I, love I mean, you just chop the damn thing off the end. It's like... You okay. smart people Bye-bye. really do it for me. <laughs> <laughs> because I noticed, because I, I realize now when he's at his like most grotesque is when he learns about what happened to him as a baby. So the shit is coming to the surface. Okay. Sure. His his mom looked at him and was like, oh no, I guess I can't hide it no more. It's on his face. Look. <laughs> uh, amazing. Amazing. <laughs> Thank you. I cut that up on the fly. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you're just your big brain girl. Okay, I see you. <laughs> I'm only two beers in today, so it was a good time. <laughs> <laughs> Catch you me in five they, minutes, it'll be a different one. <laughs> you, know, you know how they say people use 10% of their brains? That's not you. Mm-mm, you use 80, 100, at least. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, yeah, I, but I loved how it kind of just in, it inched up his arm. Like it wasn't overwhelming and it didn't like take me out. It just like, it almost to the point that I kind of forgot it was there until it had gone to where it was bad. Like, <laughs> I I love how slowly it moved because I feel like in a lot of ways that's just how like a lot of us learn about all the intricacies of racism. Because like as kids, you were like, yeah, racism is a thing, but you don't understand how it's going to affect so many different things and parts of things and people. Mm-hmm. Like I, I was an adult before I was like, um, something's going on. And I didn't have the word for colorism, but that's what it was. I'm the last person in my family. And I was like, they get treated differently, but I don't. And I don't understand. These people can't be racist if I'm allowed over here, but they are. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. And just like, even with like in different communities, because like I have friends who are like Afro-Latin and like they get it from both sides. Um, and so <laughs> as you get older, the hot water is coming up and you're just like, there are other things that are stressing me out and anxieties that I didn't know that were there. And so I loved how slowly it moved because he's learning more about himself and this history that he also tried to co-opt. Yes. Okay. That, okay. Please. That he tried to co-opt. That's one of my biggest things that I didn't know how to talk about because the entire time we see him trying to get this sort of perspective as an outsider. Now we come to learn that he's actually been here the whole time and he's actually a part of this community and he's been here from the start, but he doesn't know that, but he's still coming here as sort of like a, is gentrifier the white right word yeah you can judge by your own people you can he did. exactly <laughs> and, and that's that's one of the things that doesn't quite sit well with me is because i don't appreciate him co-opting his own history his own but also like it makes total fucking sense it's those people who are like half black and never grew up around black people but meanwhile when they want to recognize their blackness oh no 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 i'm about this shit honey girl mama mm-hmm. boss like mm-hmm. oh, like what huh <laughs> No, it's a real thing because like he wants to be an artist. He's talented, but nobody wants to give him the time because he doesn't want to do trauma shit no more. And so instead of him being like, I'm going to find people who will let me, he's like, I got to take what I can get because I'm a black man um, and I'm fine to like make some dollars on what's happened in this community that it's not my community because I think I'm above it. I think I'm bougie. Um, That's that. Yes, that. He was acting brand new. it It is yours. Like, I get it. It is yours. But like, Why do I feel like it's not like? <laughs> no, look, he's not a black Republican, but he is he is not on the right side of some of these conversations. He he's just fiscally conservative. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> He's like, I'm a moderate. I'm a progressive. Because <laughs> he's so happy when her people die at her job, but they say his name on TV. And I'm just like, I I want to sympathize because as an artist who's like been 25 a few times, I got to start being like, is it going to happen for me? Probably not. But also like, to what level do you sell out your own people to get where you think you want to go? And that's an ongoing problem because there's so many problematic black people. Like you brought up Kanye West earlier. Let's just go ahead and park it there. Here we too are. Many, We're back. Too many, right? <laughs> Full circle. I'm going to let you finish. Kanye West shoves himself <laughs> into the conversation yet again. I'm going to let you finish, but. <laughs> right? <laughs> Now, and we have so many others, um, especially when we look at Black men, which, again, it's weird because the thesis of this is <laughs> it's hard for Black men, but also sometimes some Black men make it hard to love them. <laughs> um, and some of us love them. I, I don't want to say the word I normally say because that's ableist noun. Um, some of us love them without questioning, which is why, again, I was in Chicago and people were like, R. Kelly, R. Kelly, R. Kelly. I'm like, he's, he's abusing Black women. And people are like, we don't like black women. We're trying to like black men today. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Um, um, and so, yeah, this this movie gets up in there and it makes things complicated and it has these arguments and it has these dialogues. And Judith and them were like, it's too much Laurie's on this. Take it back. I don't want it. <laughs> it's like, these are the real conversations, though, that are, are happening amongst people in this community and amongst their, like, their like art community and like also racial community as well. Like, because I do think as like black people, we get to see like your trauma mining trauma that's not quite yours or just that you have some sort of tie to. Mm-hmm. And it looks weird. It does. Cause <laughs> he was definitely giving energy of like that older white woman who's heard about a thing that happened to you and has told her friend about it. And they would come talk to you at work, which has happened to me multiple times. They're just like, Oh, I caught my friend up on what's happened to your family. How are you? And they look at me like I'm a fucking museum piece. And I'm like, you both gross bitches and your duck shoes need to fucking go somewhere. I'm trying to work and pay my bills because you don't pay me enough. <laughs> Abs- absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. No, this movie. Listen, Nia DaCosta understands. She gets it. She gets it. Yes, I can't wait to watch more of her work. Yeah, her Captain Marvel might save Marvel. Ooh, I hope. Oh, I. Oh, I hope. I hope. Also, because Tiana Paris is also going to be in there. So I'm like, hey, you two. Clearly, (laughs) you know what you're doing. Mm -hmm. I hope you get everybody else up to speed too. Listen. They just walk in and be like, look, this is our movie now. I'm happy you all could be here. <laughs> Honestly, I can, Im- I can imagine Tiana Paris walking in like when you know the boss. Like, hey. <laughs> 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 I'm, I'm sorry. My best friend, the boss. Like, we know. That we- <laughs> no, I hope that excuse one- me. I bet you have at the same time on the first day. And as they walk out, there's like a procession. Not like coming to America, but like Bechella. You know, it's like, dun, 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 dun. And then Beyonce was like, yeah, we got this. We in Marvel now, bitches. And there's a whole number. And three hours later, people are like, can we start? And they're like, shh. <laughs> now we need to start over because you want to fuck shit up. Okay. Listen, listen. Jay-Z, go lead From on the top. What? <laughs> can, can somebody tell Richard we don't do what he says? Okay, right? thanks. <laughs> Where's Solange? Security. <laughs> yeah, so don't, we ain't calling Jay-Z. We call him We're not calling Beyonce. So that's what I call him now. He's I mean, he's around. Mr. Knowles is around because she tells him to be. And he's fucked Mr. up. Mr. Knowles. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Beyonce will be where she tell him to be. Um, and he ain't going to Red Lobster no more. And if he ain't, Solange will be there to make sure he is. Listen. 
Um, so I did have one more thing about this movie that I think I wanted to mention is I think this movie allowed me to better understand what black folk horror is. Um, black folk horror has just always been a thing. However, up until this movie, I never really thought that like we were invited to the genre. However, I see this and what it's based off of. I'm like, oh, the original Candyman, that's black folk horror. Uh, Tales from the Hood, that's black folk horror. Um, so I just always really felt like we were never invited to the party, but I see this here and I'm like, oh, it's because we do it so much better than everyone else. Like, <laughs> like somebody tweeted, oh, when I think of folk horror, I think of a farm in Europe. Oh, well, that's because you have no taste. <laughs> like, okay. Right. Cause you're garbage. Listen, no, because we always talk about how like black people in America don't have culture and it's just like, well, who do you think fucked up our timelines and our history? Who do you think create like accountability much? Accountability much. You can't uproot people forcefully and make them work for you for hundreds of years as a slave and then make movies about it and then tell them they ain't got no fucking culture. Columbus in left and right, fucking Columbus in all over the fucking place. Columbus in from the windows to the walls. I just, I, I hate it here. <laughs> I hate it here. <laughs> and so, like, I love that we do have a few movies made by black people who, that can fit in, like, black folk horror. Because I'm happy you said that, because I put those words together, even though I see folk horror for everybody else but us. And I'm mm -hmm. just used to not having things. So I'm just like, mm. But, exactly, like, we, exactly. we have this. We have Tales from the Hood. We have Bones. We, but listen. It's a Giallo movie with Pam Greer in it, and people are like, it's trash. I'm like, no, it's no, no. Black Giallo. It's Black Giallo, that's for listen, sure. Listen, if you can see all these other movies, what they are, you can see this for what it is. Watch it again, Judith. Watch it again. Shit. I and rewatch like, that. I haven't seen it since it came out. And I liked and it people, when it came out. I just haven't watched it since then. People are so willing to meet people halfway. Like, do that do that for black people meet them meet us halfway meet them halfway because if you can like oh well i can kind of see how somebody would think that's uh xyz do that for black people because like honestly we're probably already doing it better and that's why you're choosing not to listen if you can bend over backwards say that the empty man was good you Ooh. can see this and you can see bones and you can sell from the hood and you can shut the fuck up like this <laughs> otherwise just go ahead and say you racist and go home just it's quicker what <laughs> Oh gosh, that movie. Whew. Yeah, 100% agree. I, I, I really like that you said that because, yeah, I haven't thought about that either. This is like all, it's like it's word of mouth. It's, I heard from a friend of a friend. This is all folk horror. This is exactly, literally, like, this is exactly how, like, one of the things that I love about this movie is like the conversations that you hear. That's how black people talk to each other. Like, mm -hmm. oh, you know what happened 25 years ago when that one kid went to go do his laundry? It's like, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> well, even Eve's by you, cause like mm. they're getting a story about this magic from somewhere. Mm hmm. And you know, you, you mentioned Sheree that people, some people say black people don't have culture, and I'm and especially as a white gay man from the South, I realized that almost all of Southern culture is black culture, and so we have to acknowledge that it where where it came from you know especially in the south you know like it just is what it is you know 
I watch a lot of Drag Race, so I'm going to admit I am a problem because RuPaul is a problem and I'm giving RuPaul my time and money and energy. But whenever I see a queen who's a white girl go away and come back and all of a sudden she's got lip pops and she's like, mm, mama house down um, her all-star season, I'm just like, no, 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 no. Um, and that's what makes me, that's what makes me like less, a lot of them a lot less because I'm just like, you were you your first season and now you're just like, this is what's selling. And I'm like, no, 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 Eureka, no. Especially when you've been caught being a racist before, Eureka. Um, <laughs> um, and others. But, like, that's the one that came to my heart. <laughs> <laughs> Eureka, Laganja. Uh... Listen, listen. You, can't go get a, you cannot go get your lips done and come back with a couple snaps and be like, I ain't a problem no more. I was like, as someone as someone who's big, you're literally a bigger problem than you were when I first saw you. Like, how do you do that? How do you do that? Like, how you come back to get a villain, Ellen? <laughs> like, we didn't like you the first time, but now we can't stand you. Like, what? is it written? In, is it written in your contract? Because it looks like you're doing this intentionally. Listen, you're like, I want to be a DC villain in the RuPaul universe, like, and I'm not gonna keep fighting for like. <laughs> let me talk shit about black people because honestly, once again, when you know you trigger black people's feelings, you get a really high response, and so even that is sort of like intentional. Like you're mining anger and trauma and disgust it's like and you expect me to treat you like you don't know what you're doing mm-hmm. yeah. no mm-hmm. yeah yeah and yeah so if <laughs> someone ever came to me and said the black people don't have culture i would be like mm-hmm. Where are you from? Because, like, you ain't from around here. <laughs> here's, here's what fucks me up about that whole sentiment, though, is that white people say that shit all the time, but then they want to turn around and be like, don't support Cynthia Revo because she said that. I'm like, you say it, too. I'm, I met all of y'all. You can't be like, I'm going to come for this black woman because mm-hmm. you're still in the wrong. You're still in the wrong. We will we will collect her. We will collect that. Okay? <laughs> it's like, you take care of your own house. <laughs> you you called your neighbor a monkey. I'm not really concerned who you're calling out because, like, you're still in the same boat as they are. The call is coming from inside the house, and you need <laughs> <laughs> you need to hang up the phone and look in a mirror and say candy man five times. Please, <laughs> please. Well, it's because it's it's easier to look over there. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's, it, that's <laughs> that's that's the easy way out. It's a lot harder to actually like examine yourself and figure out what you need to change, as opposed to what other people need to change. I mean, it's yeah, it's the whole. Well, y'all have been growing up in it my whole life, you know, in the, in the South with the Southern Baptist people. You know, it's about what they're doing, not about what you're doing. They they could see somebody else in the liquor store and they're like, oh, Louisa's in a liquor store. Well, you're in there too. Listen, listen. And like, why are you Cindy. watching? Right. Who cares? Right? Let the woman live. Right. You better get in the car with her husband and ride out to drink your drinks. <laughs> <laughs> you did not. I love it. <laughs> no, okay. but like, that is. Mm-hmm. That's part of the reason why, like, I've heard so many people feelings on Twitter because they're they're always on my side and they always support me. And when I do something, I'm like, can you please not do that? It's like I supported you. Like, clearly, you did not. You wanted to be seen with somebody who was treating at the moment. Oh, <laughs> you did not want to support me if you could say some problematic shit. And I'm like, can you please mm-hmm. not? Because mm-hmm. I always I always start off cool. I do, even though I want to go to ten. I'm just like, hey, that's not it. And they're just like, ah, 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 ah. I'm like, look here. I will fix you and your fucking family if you say something else to me. And they're like, go on then, go on. And I mute them and I make them feel bad about themselves. And, <laughs> and then we keep going because like, again, white hypocrisy is a real fucking thing. It is It is on wholesale. People pick it up at the Costco. They fight in the streets over it. Like I just, 
<laughs> bring Costco into it. What they? That's what they're getting it from. It's in bulk. It's in bulk. It's like no one buy, get one, buy one. You need to go bring the case out to the minivan, like. <laughs> and they're just like, oh, I didn't, I didn't. I was just trying to ask a question. I should play devil's advocate. I'm like, the devil don't know fucking PR. He's good. Mm-mm, mm-mm. <laughs> he, listen, what is the job paying? You get benefits. What <laughs> should I be applying? <laughs> Otherwise, take the fuck down. <sighs> yeah, white people doing the most <laughs> with the least. Let's do the least. Doing the most with the least. That's the song. It's <laughs> <laughs> another one of the Fear Street musical songs. This musical gonna be lit. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Are we, do we anyone have any more notes before we get to hot takes? No, I think I'm good on notes. All right. Well, let's get spicy. Anthony, what's your hot take? Even though this whole episode's kind of been a hot take, but you know, it's a cold take because you didn't need to hear it one more time. Right? <laughs> Not the so, challenge. It's gonna be spicier. <laughs> so here's what I think my hot take is: Coleman Domingo's character, William Burke, the man who speaks to Yahya Abdul Mateen the entire time. I think his entire goal was to make a candy man, scare white people out of the neighborhood, and keep rent prices cheap Mm -hmm. and i don't think he had any other goal other than to like help his community and unfortunately it came at the hands of another black man but i think he was just trying to sacrifice a finger to save the hand and i don't think he did wrong right but i don't think he did bad I agree. Because, like, first off, Coma Domingo is attractive, so I do want to always root for him, even when he's fucking up. Oh. <laughs> um, and then in his 50s, and he looked like that. And I'm just like, and that's, what, and that's what I And that's what I didn't want to say, is this man is so fine. He can do whatever he wants. Right? As long as it's not me or my family. Listen, leave <laughs> my hands not... out of it. It's <laughs> <laughs> not, not me or mine's, but I, I respect the vision. Right? I, I see you. I see what you want. Could we workshop this idea? So I would want to say to him. Um, but also, like, I I like that you brought that up because I do see him sort of as like a killmonger situation. Because mm-hmm. if we like dip over to Wakanda, which we should all be dipping over to Wakanda always and forever. Um, Black Panther, Killmonger was definitely just like, he was out of pocket, but he wasn't wrong. Um, his methods, we needed to workshop a little bit. <laughs> but he was like, you over here harvesting all this shit while we out here suffering? Uh-uh. No, fight me. Fight me. <laughs> uh, um, and he also looked hot. But like, I... <laughs> and so I feel like this is a conversation to be had. Because Anthony wasn't doing anything for anybody other than trying to like co-op this culture. <laughs> he is part mm-hmm. of doesn't know it. And like, Coma Domingo's character is like, I'm trying to save us. Um, listen, and, we're not getting our rent increased, and so he cut listen, his hand off. Chicago only... rent was getting out of pocket. I because my hand off to save my rent too. I'm not gonna lie. Like, I had to live with three people in my last apartment in Chicago. <laughs> I would have gladly taken a hand instead. <laughs> <laughs> I was just gonna say my only my only time that I was like because I'm with y'all on 99.5 of everything. <laughs> but when he brought Brianna, when he kidnapped Brianna, I was like, what did she do? Let that woman, she's just trying to find Anthony. She worried about him. And you just like grabbed her and looks like he chloroformed her. But I don't know if that was true or not. I could have made that up. That's just it. I love her. But also she left this man who popped off. And she was looking for the man who popped off. And that would never be me. And so she did put herself in that situation. I'm I'm not victim blaming. I'm just saying that she stayed home with her brother. (laughs) If he and him would have worked it out on their own. (laughs) What? 
But he didn't have to kidnap her anyway. Well, she was, that was in his my only, That's my only beef. That's my she only a witness. Beef. She a loose end. Look, <laughs> I love her. I'm rooting for her, but she a loose end. <laughs> she what? made it out of there. She did it. Her she did her thing. She was fine in the end. She, she stabbed the shit out of him, though. She stabbed the fuck out of him. I said, girl, he dead. You stabbed I'm him just, like 2,000 times. He's dead. I'm I'm just going to say, like, he relished in the fact that he had a witness. So I'm just going to take, I'm just going to leave it at that. Like, maybe it was the wrong witness. What have you? Sure. All I know is this guy was glad to have a witness and he had one. Maybe it didn't work out for him. Maybe it did because she called Candyman on the cops. But to be fair, if I was going to play with Yaya, I want a witness too, so I would know it really happened. Just thinking out loud. <laughs> That's a good point. That's another good point. I, I mean, like, nobody's going to believe this. Like, come <laughs> on in. Look. For less thirsty things, though. Uh, we'll be... <laughs> like, I'm <on> hot take. <laughs> Please, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, this movie is a prime example of what happens when you let Black folks tell Black stories. Uh, the discourse about it being too woke was definitely white people screaming, what about me? I don't see me. And you know what? I don't care because I never get to see me. So go enjoy your empty man. He's empty. <laughs> <laughs> so you're right. So you're right. What about you? What about yeah. you? What about there's you? So, there's so many other things in here that you can find yourselves in. Like, so. leave me Candyman. Like, right? You can go watch Brigadoon. You don't deserve well, Candyman. <laughs> and I think there is something to be said for being able to find something of yourself and someone that doesn't live the same experience that you lived. Like there, I don't, I, I don't live the same experience of these characters, but like I found myself finding common ground with them and, and liking them and enjoying them and rooting for them or rooting against them. You know, as a black woman, I spent my whole life having to see myself and people who have nothing to do exactly. with me. Exactly. Um, and so if they have to sit through one movie, boo fucking who, 100%. um, how many of us grew up watching like all these white ass movies and cartoons and TV shows? All of Rugrats, Doug. Doug had blue and purple people, mm-hmm. and they're supposed to be the people of color, but still, Doug. Oh, <laughs> um, Ninja Turtles. Like we could assume some of the turtles might have been black, but like turtles, really? Um, <laughs> um, Home Alone. Like you name anything from our childhood and show me where the black people are. If it's not people under the stairs. And so when they're just like, I don't see myself. How can it be diverse if I don't see myself? I want to fight people. I want to punch them in the throats. And that's where we're at in America. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, and they do the same thing with any with any marginalized group, and it's so it's just bullshit because they've never seen themselves. So let them have a moment. And if you have to be, if you don't find yourself, then go home. It's okay. You don't have to like everything. It could not be your cup of tea, and that's great. You'll find probably have ten more movies coming out that is you, straight white cis men. Listen, as a Hoovian, mm-hmm. as a fucking Hoovian, um, Jodie Whittaker was the first doctor who was not a white man. And like the shit they put her under and the shit they put her through and the, the people were saying, because they're like, we, I just don't know why this got to be woke. Like this is, the doctor's always been a white man. Okay, just keep being a white man. And it's because it's like a new millennium. That's why, bitch. Oh my God. Becky and them. My son loves Doctor Who because he's not in the Marvel universe. He doesn't like muscles and all of that. He want, he likes smart heroes and then he can't see himself. And I'm like, or teach your son how to see himself as a person and respect women right. so we don't have to turn around in five years and be like, lock him up because he's a little sociopath. <laughs> like most of the men out here, you're raising. Well, oh. And shall we talk about, oh, Velma's a lesbian. Ooh. Yeah, I was lesbian. But that's not new. <laughs> Apparently it's new to a lot of people because it's on every freaking news channel that you can think of. And all the straights are mad. As a child, I saw her shoulder pads and I was like, I don't know what you call it when a girl likes a girl, but she likes a girl. 
Well, but it's the queer people that are sexualizing children now that Velma's a lesbian. Not, you know, the pot smoking that's been in there since day one. Uh, Fred and... Uh, what's that girl? What's you that? mean Daphne? Daphne? Oh, yeah. Fred and Daphne, they... Well, one, I think Daphne's a beard, but you know that's beside the point. Fred has an ascot. Fred has an ascot. He wants to think he's sneaking off to go make out with the girls, but he's sneaking off with like Velma and Daphne. <laughs> True, it's always those three, and then Shaggy and Scooby by themselves. Right, right, and I'm just like, Mm-mm, nope, no more questions, no follow-ups. I see this. I see this. Yeah. Um, so my they, husband, they came here and got Scooby Doo hot takes. They wasn't ready. They wasn't fucking ready. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, think, I think Freddie never hangs out with Shaggy when they split up because they kissed once and he's awkward ooh, about it. Right? <laughs> right? Me and Shaggy is cool. Shaggy's like, I'm just not into it. And he's like, No, you gotta overcorrect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's like, You know what? No, I'm not into that gay shit. I was like, Well, you were that night. Right? <laughs> right? Shaggy say. He's always also the first one to run up on the older man to snatch the masks off. So okay. I see daddy issues. Maybe okay. Shaggy's a little pan or a little bi. You know, no, I'm for it. Always, like, Shaggy, like, Shaggy likes those who like him. So. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Listen. Um, no, it's a very queer high cartoon. I That's why we all like it. <laughs> uh, so my hot take is it is, uh, I don't know, maybe I shouldn't have a hot take because of my hot takes. Uh, I feel like white people need to quiet down with hot takes on black because on black stories. So that's why I was like, should I say this? Well, I should say this, but like, is it kind of silly for me to say that as a white person? But yeah, just shut up. <laughs> we, we've seen this a few times this year where people who are not in the community have thoughts about what should be said for the movie that's that come out. And I'm just like, if it's not your experience, you need to just sit the fuck up and listen. Like, to skip over to something not black but newer, they slash them dropped, and people who are actually non-binary and trans had feelings about it. And instead of people shutting up, they were like, "I thought it was good, step for representation." Like nobody asked you about what you think of these breadcrumbs. Let these people talk. I'm listening. Not I'm only listening. was it bad representation, it was a bad movie. Take out the representation <laughs> part. It's just a terrible movie to begin. Okay. With. <laughs> And it's just also shitty to tell a community who gets no representation that they should be grateful for the shit that's happened under Blumhouse. Like, that's some bullshit. That is some bullshit. As, again, a black woman who's got nothing but crumbs her whole fucking life, when people say that to me, I fucking pop off and we have fights on Twitter. And so, like, I also would run at you. And I, again, that's just like the straight white cis privilege of it all to be like, let me tell you what I think about this movie that was supposed to be geared for you and yeah. you, why you should be grateful about it. You don't and get never, paid for it. You're not a producer. And, you're not a writer. Right. <laughs> Why are you in this mess? Why are you here? <laughs> right. And heaven forbid we bring in people with disabilities and then it adds a whole other labor, layer. Like, where are they at? Listen. <laughs> it is. <laughs> watch Sissy on Shudder. <laughs> yes, go watch Sissy on Shudder immediately. No. We're I'm telling you, it gave me a whole bunch of things that I didn't know I needed or wanted. We got a a, para, a disabled person who, like, it's never talked about that they're disabled. They just are. They just are. Also, and the, pro- the, the protagonist, right? The, the protagonist is a black content creator or like mm-hmm. black mixed content creator, and like the amount of times you say good for her and you don't want to say good for her or just. Mwah, uh, sissy, so yeah. <laughs> well, I'm talking about Shutter, Queer for Fears over there, and I need to see the second episode at the time it's recording because life happened. But like, it's a damn good time. It's so fucking good. 
And again, it's produced by like so many black femmes and I, I am living my best life. Hey, they got Nay Bever on there and Listen. they are fucking amazing. Nay, I love you. Mwah. We get to meet her Saturday when we record an episode that comes out on Halloween. We're going to be in the same stream yard. (laughs) It's finally happening. I'm going to cry because, like, literally, she was on a panel at Comic-Con the first year of COVID with, like, Don Mancini and Brian Fuller and some other people. And that's where we got the idea to do this podcast. And so it feels full freaking circle. Well, I'm jealous, and I hate that for you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to tell her you said that. (laughs) (laughs) But... Uh, so that's our thoughts on many things life, love, the pursuit of happiness, all those things. Thank you so much, Anthony, for joining us. It has been a blast. We'll have to have you back on sometime. Joining us on Fear Street next week, we'll be covering The Night House with Jen Owens. And that's going to continue. Did I have a theme up top, or do no? We didn't have nothing as usual. Let's no, make yeah. this Mo- movies you didn't watch last year. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. Movies you didn't watch last year <laughs> is the theme of this month. Thank you, Anthony. Oh. <laughs> no, because I was like, hey, good theme. Like, what the fuck? Right? <laughs> like, the last year, did we? I think it was last year, last week. I don't know time. The last times we've had a year we want to go back to, we did it early in the year. And this year, we were sitting around and I was like, oh, yeah. Movies happened last year, didn't they? Um, <laughs> as they do, as they do, <laughs> as they do. Again, thank you so much, Anthony. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And as always, make sure you stay fierce out there. Bye.